pitch to the Center Circle Studio. Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. 18-yard boxes wall-free. This is my three-sub podcast, A Soccer Odyssey, with your manager, Tim Van Horn. A big decision in regards to equal pay for the U.S. women's national team. We'll have the latest on that. Australia says, hop on down. We'll help you finish out the Premier League. Good eye. I know. And Vegemite sandwiches for everybody. <laughs> Our featured guest this week is none other than Memphis 901 FC's head athletic trainer, Angie Zokowski. She makes a return appearance. But this time, we're talking about staying fit and staying healthy when you can't even play a match. She's coming up. Hey, and remember that guy that had the awful Champions League final in goal for Liverpool? Well, he's heading back to Liverpool. Is there a goalkeeping controversy? I, I, I don't know about that. The only controversy we think there is is... Are there enough chips to go around on Segunda Mayo? Ole! Brody and I are standing in the tunnel. We're snacking because there's no match today because we're still in sort of quarantine. This is my three subs. We'll be back with today's kickoff from the Center Circle Studios. This is my three subs, a soccer odyssey. This podcast is now powered by Podcave, the complete toolkit for podcasters. But we want all of our time going into making the podcast as entertaining and as interesting as possible for you. So that's why we ditched our old services and actually made the switch to Podcave. Yeah, combining all the tools that we need to make the best shows we can to make them available on all the platforms you use and to always stay connected with you. Now, Podcave provides unlimited audio storage for all of our episodes, new and old. They're always available whenever you want them. Our website, by the way, it's included built in to Podcave. So you can, you know, find us on one place. It's really that easy. And by the way, I know that there's a hang up music and soundscapes that we use on the show. Mm. Well, they're professionally made and fully licensed by Podcave. So you don't have to worry about finding them, nor do you have to worry about getting sued for using music without their permission. That's such a big deal. We get an email, by the way, and text engagement tools to stay in touch with you. Guest booking tools, episode planning tools, Podcave even includes customizable news feeds so that we can stay on top of the latest headlines, which is a huge time saver. We used to have to piecemeal all this stuff. It cost hundreds of dollars every month, and we had to have all these different accounts with different passwords and different windows. It was a mess. To say the least, it was a mess. Podcave put all that together one spot, and it only costs 49 bucks a month. Hosting and distribution, a killer website episode planning everything we need 49 bucks a month tim save time and money with podcave try it free for one month go to podcave.com slash my three subs and get a month on us that's podcave.com slash my three subs this is my three subs a soccer odyssey we're underway from the center circle studios well you would think with games not going on that people would be staying healthy and not getting injured but that may not necessarily be so we don't know this for a fact so we figured we'd turn it over to the expert yes hello you, hello <laughs> angie zakowski <laughs> uh the trainer extraordinaire from memphis 901 fc how are you today Good. How are you all doing? Uh, socially distanced from everybody, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, the players are too. We've talked to uh, Coach Pierman and and a few, and obviously Coach Mulqueen about everybody's doing training. But Tim brought up a good point. Has anybody contacted you with like, "Hey, I stepped off my curb wrong," or or anything along like, "What's the best remedy for I don't know." bug bite or, or something along those lines like just some random stuff right at this point luckily on knock on wood our team has been staying pretty happy and healthy okay and their quarantine um i've seen a couple of them been able to get out on the river um do some workouts along the grizz stairs which has been pretty awesome because the weather has been so nice recently right um i think that's really helped them get out of their apartments and get a little activity going on did some soccer tennis um i saw some videos on that uh but they seem 
pretty happy and healthy out there. So is is there yeah. is there any like body that you're like okay, please just put him in a bubble? You know what I mean? Like, there, <laughs> are, are there any bubble players that you're like, oh my god, please? There's always one or two on the team um, that you're kind of like, oh, this is the next injury or this is one coming up next. But yeah, uh, so far so good. Haven't heard any. Okay. That so, no, <laughs> so Leston Paul hasn't been skateboarding down Union <laughs> Avenue or anything like that. No, no bird accidents that I've heard of. No scooters. Uh, good. Yeah, none, none of that. Thankfully, thankfully. knock on wood yeah. again. So you know. Angie, of course, we knew coming in, it's a second season for you and a second season for the club. And and even the preseason, I was going to say spring training, but even the preseason was different because much of it was spent down on the Gulf Coast. So a lot of changes. You get settled in for the season. And then after the first match, boom, we have a stoppage of play across all of sports. And I would assume that that changes the dynamic for you while maybe you're not out there, you know, four or five days per week at training with the guys. That doesn't mean that you get to kick your feet up. Oh, that's definitely not the case. Um, I'm still in constant communication with everyone on the team via email, texting, WhatsApp, even a phone call or video chat once or twice over it. Um, just making sure everyone's staying, um, staying happy and healthy pretty Mm -hmm. much um because it's a big deal mentally going into quarantine some some players are living by themselves so you have to kind of check in on those people a little bit like those four walls can start closing in on you and yeah being active um athletes i mean they want to get out there they want to do something so you just got to keep in the right mindset on that um but i mean they're doing doing as well as they can for the time being right now but it is it is kind of tricky with us getting in the swing of things and then all of a sudden just kind of getting like that rug taken out from us like well gotta wait and kind of do it all over again but you know i think whichever team ends up coming out of this season um the strongest is going to persevere like none other over this time. And I really think we have a great great group of guys for us to do that this year. You do a whole ton of stuff with the club. You wear, you wear several hats, but I know that you don't work alone in this unique situation. Can you talk about the dynamic of the rest of the staff and, and what has to go into a situation like this? Because I would assume Although guys are dedicated, they're professional athletes, they're not probably oftentimes getting as frequent of a good hard cardio workout, getting those movements in. Can you talk about nutrition and some of those other aspects that you guys have to monitor in this type of situation? Of course, sure. Uh, We work with Chris Collins, our strength and conditioning coach, and Alexis Holt, who is our sports nutritionist. Both of them have been enormously great additions to our staff this year. Well, I'm sorry, Chris was here last year, but Alexis is new this year and they've both been enormous, um, helpful, um, resources going forward for myself as well as the coaching, other coaching staff and the players to have. Um, I believe Chris puts together their individual workouts for the week and sends those through to the players. And Alexis follows up with the nutritional guidelines, recipes, um, some fun things to make at home um, while you're kind of bored in quarantine. Uh, They've been sending through recipes and and, um, just checking in on the guys, making sure everyone's able to get their groceries um, and stay um, healthy in that regard. Chance we could get a page or two out of the 91 FC cookbook. I was really good, you know, because I'm a Hello Fresher, you know, and I have those boxes delivered. I would love to know, like, what is the coolest recipe that you guys have tried out so far? Well, I guess to be honest, I haven't done very many of the cookies <laughs> myself but but i did i will say i made french toast and my own syrup this morning for what? breakfast your homemade everything whoa so, i'm um, intrigued how did it turn out it's got to be great it right? was delicious it was delicious so yeah uh, homemade maybe I'll syrup. Have to make a breakfast one day <laughs> i am so jealous homemade syrup sounds so fantastic 
it was a simple Google search. I, I didn't have syrup. And I said, well, what, what else besides sugar and water do you need to make? And, you know, voila. I mean, that works. It, it checks out. <laughs> that That's great to me. Anyway, well, yep. that, that being said, you know, uh, Tim brought up the, the nutrition and everything like that. Have you gotten any orders from the league? Like, where do we go from here? Like, has, has like the up top trainers association from the league sent you guys anything in regards to what you should be doing or, or what they hope to be doing down the line? It's that's a great question. Um, it's kind of a fluid situation and it almost changes on a daily basis. Um, so we have not gotten very many directives down to our level. It kind of starts from above Mm -hmm. and whatever they do, the people in charge kind of trickle it down and agree. This is what we should do at this level versus this level. Mm -hmm. Um, do believe in the next week or two once i know some states are starting to open up again um i know that there'll be another kind of recommendation from the usl league that'll probably come out Mm -hmm. um and we'll see that hopefully soon and hopefully that's good news on some sort of a timeline Uh, again right now we still don't know um but again that's also a challenge too because like i said some states and some places of the country throughout the whole usl league are still under quarantine until a certain amount of time and others are not. So how does that play into getting back into um, team structures? We'll we'll still have to see. Angie Zakowski joining us on the uh, podcast today. And it's got to be, I I don't know if frustrating is the word. It probably is one of the many adjectives that might be used, but it's got to be also kind of head scratching because as you mentioned in the United States, each state reopening at their own pace and the USL is so expansive with so many franchises in so many states that it almost feels like you have to wait until the lowest common denominator in this case would be which state opens last almost kind of dictates when play begins. Right. Yeah. And, even when that occurs, that we still don't know how far down the road it will be. And then what's the protocol going into getting back into, into play? Mm-hmm. Is there smaller groups of people that train together for two weeks? And then after that, it opens up to, say, half the team or maybe just the whole squad. Right. And then going further, what does matches look like? Is there a breakdown of regions of the country a these four teams play some kind of a tournament one weekend and then these four teams it's just all up in the air um there's been tons of different scenarios from all different um people trying to say hey this is a good idea this is a good idea and um the fact is we still don't know so we're just flying by the seat of our pants right now kind of winging it yeah uh well that being said you know angie you're you're very bright and brilliant i want to know what sort of changes are you actively thinking about now that you might kind of implement on your own if you will uh for player safety and your own safety at that point um that is a great question um i would definitely say um we we keep training room facilities and um, our commonly shared spaces relatively clean and sanitized most of the time. We're just going to have to do an even better job just making sure getting everything down to the nitty gritty is clean and sanitized um, before, after every single um, time the guys enter and leave the locker room. Mm -hmm. Um, Going into the food and snacks I know that they have in the breakfast area, that's probably going to have to be a little bit more individualized now. Um, We may have to look at getting something per each player put in their locker so that we aren't having too much of a community shared items. I know trail mix has been a great addition for road trips and everybody loves it. Um, We just might need to work on a little individual package. Well, that being said, how about the water bottle situation? You know, everybody shares a water bottle. So now Mm -hmm. is everybody getting to get their own? (laughs) 
I definitely, um, that is one thing I was thinking of and talking with our team physician, Yeah, a little bit more of the safety medical side of things. Um, I will, after this is over, be implementing um, water bottles for every single player. Wow. So everyone will have their designated water bottle with them at all times, and we will sanitize those after practice and make sure everyone is healthy in that regards because this, we really don't know how long it's going on. And, right. And it's it's for everyone's health and safety for sure i'm cutting brody off at the pass because the appropriate follow-up question would then be does each get their own sports drink bottle as well because as brody brought up in the last episode with you guys which we will be highlighting in the uh, website link where you can go back to the previous interview each player kind of has their own different ratio of water versus gatorade slash Powerade slash Squincher. There's an old school reference for you. Whoa. (laughs) Squincher. I do know those. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, a lot of times players prefer um, one versus another during practice. I know some players will only drink Gatorade a lot of times and some players, I'm sorry, excuse me, only drink Powerade sometimes. Uh. Um, And other players will only drink water. So, I've been lucky to have um, a student assistant with me that, in that regards, might be able to carry one or two um, Gatorade bottles specific to each player. And if during that practice they know it's going to be a hot day, we can get those facilitated easily to them as well. Angie's going to be running out on the field with like a a dolly and a like a freaking, you know, drink dispenser out there with her like, you know, week, 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 week. And then, you know, hit the button for each person. It's going to get ridiculous out there. Well, that being said, I want to know what kind of PPE, personal protective equipment, are you then going to be wearing? Are you upping up the gloves and are you talking, looking at face masks and all that other stuff? Like what what sort of Um, precautions are you then going to take on the field? So I think that might come from the league itself and um, the U.S. Soccer Federation they might actually come out with a consensus statement. And I could see that very realistically happening also with the NATA, the National Athletic Trainers Association, mm-hmm. going forward. So they would be the governing bodies that tell us exactly what like guidelines and protocols we would need to follow going forward. Um, I personally use a mask. I um, was able to have a friend sew me a couple of them. Um, so if I go and get groceries, I'll have gloves on my hands and I'll wear my mask when right. I go out in public at all times with that. Um, but that's something that we'll have to see if that gets implemented or not. But we do have plenty of gloves in the training room. Uh, <laughs> luckily, I was able to get those supplies yes. ordered <laughs> in plenty for this year. <laughs> Good deal. We heard we heard that you have three masks that were made for you, a Memphis 901 FC one, a CBU mask, and an IUPUI mask. Is, that, is there any truth in that statement? Uh, n- no, with the actual designs. I wish I did. If anybody out there wants to, I would be more than happy to support them and wear those uh, three masks. Um, but I actually have a sports one I have is a Blackhawks mask. What? And <laughs> Yes. Well, we're not friends um, anymore, Angie. I'm sorry. I've got to lay down the gauntlet. As a Pens fan, I can't continue this conversation. Oh, I have nothing against the Pens. We're just better than the Blackhawks. That's all. I mean, calm down, Brody. I mean, there's there's no such thing as a Penguins road game. Have you ever seen Have you ever seen all the games that they have to travel? It's like half the crowd is Penguins fans anyway. That's true for any Pittsburgh Pittsburgh team. Is like, oh look, Pittsburgh showed up. I will yeah, say this, just, except for the USL team, that Pittsburgh USL team, nobody there. I know. We pretty much dominated that stadium <laughs> over there. I was pretty proud of that. I was like, way to go, Pittsburgh, for not showing up for that one. <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, that's the only um, sports mask I have. And then another one was just a ladybug mask. So. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I kind of wish I had a cute one too. I have a Steelers one and a Memphis no no see one, but I don't have any anything else that's cool. And what kind of fabric did you get with the or where did you get the fabric for the I actually see? actually used the uh the scarf, one of the scarves. I was like I was gonna ask that. Yeah. 
Yeah, just one of the scarves. And actually, the scarves are really nice because there's four layers. Okay, sorry. Etsy, get ready. Get your pens out because there's four layers in the scarf already. So you don't have to like layer it, layer it, layer it, layer it up. You can just cut out the part you need and boom, you're good to go. Or you could just wrap the scarf around your face. Or that. <laughs> or just flip your beard up. <laughs> I've tried that. I've tried that. It doesn't. It, yeah. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Sorry, this this interview got sideways, y'all. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you mentioned the locker room etiquette and everything like that. Uh, is there a new six foot rule in the locker room? Like, are you guys going to have to skip lockers or everybody skip scoot oh, down one? Or I honestly don't know about that. There's not that much room in the locker room that everyone's locker six feet apart. So. Uh, we're gonna have to figure that one out for sure. Will temperature checks maybe trump some of that? You know, that's a great question as well. Um, I was about to implement temperature checks uh, when we first started hearing about this. Um, there, there was um, there was a protocol I was going to put in place just in case, like if we needed to do that but we were under quarantine before that could go into effect. So technically I wasn't able to go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, but if um, need be, then yes, we would start with temperature check. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. I, I, I was so interested when, when Tim brought up like, you know, I wonder where everything's going. And, and then he's like, Hey, you know what? We should talk to Angie. I was like, yes, I've got a billion questions in regards to, you know, how, how, where do you go from here? You know, the, the training side of everything has to just be, um, you know, leveled up to the next degree. You've already brought up like, hey, listen, we've already disinfected everything uh, before. Now it's going to be e- upped even higher. Go um, go ahead and buy your stock in bleach if you di- haven't already, because, yeah, the, the training staffs are going to be upping that Clorox ratio a thousand percent, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, that's that's what you're going to have to do. I mean, uh, health and safety of our players is our number one priority. So we need to make sure that everything's sanitized, everything's disinfected, and we're taking all the proper precautions that we can going forward. Um, because it doesn't just us as a team. It affects everyone that we come in contact with, our family members. Um, and we want to make sure everyone that they are safe as well. Have you been able to sample some different food with all this downtime? Have you done any good delivery or takeout service? So my Uber Eats and DoorDash um, has definitely gone up <laughs> as well. Um, I There's a Venezuelan restaurant on, I believe it is Madison, called... By the, by the trolley tracks right down the yeah, hill, right? Or up I, the hill. Yes, it's Sabar Kabari or something. Something, something. I don't know. You can edit that out. They understand your English. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, but that Venezuelan restaurant is amazing. Uh, and then there was another. It was. Um, I want to say it was a Greek restaurant. Um, I'm always good for a euro. Oh boy. It. It was actually. Um, it was. What was it? It was like kebabs. They had kebabs, and then they had uh, basmati or basmati rice. Again, I don't know how to pronounce the name of these. Um, as long as they, they know had, what you're talking about, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's, that's the best thing about it. They had amazing food, um, and it's right on Highland, I believe, um, next to the Domino's Pizza across from the block um, over there. So it was delicious it's right next to wang's uh uh uh, chinese food isn't it right there it's like in a little bitty building yeah i believe so pita pit no it's not pita pit it's like right what is it um i know where you're talking about i can't remember the name of the place because uh a mutual friend of ours asked me to join him for lunch one day over there 
and I thought it was there, but it wasn't. But I looked at their menu, and it was really good. I was supposed to meet him somewhere else up the street. At Pita Pit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't Pita Pit. <laughs> and then the last place I tried, um, I've never heard of it before. It's called Soulsville Kitchen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Soulsville. It, I don't know where that is exactly, but... I ha- I was craving wings one day, yeah. but yet I kind of also wanted Chinese food, and I found the perfect combination. They had uh, chicken fried rice yeah. with three whole wings yeah. with a drink, $8.49. Wow. Bam. Done. Drop the mic on that one. Amazing. Nice. I want to just hang out. I think Brody and I just want to hang out with you for a day in the life, like on a work day or something, because you... you You've gotten diverse food. You can't remember the Venezuelan place. <laughs> you can't matter. remember the Mediterranean place. Doesn't you don't know matter. where the Soulsville is, but you found the good food. And <laughs> that is luck that I want in my life. Tim, she doesn't as need to know where it is. <laughs> She's got Uber Eats, man. They, she exactly. just dials it up and that's, that's they find it, you know? <laughs> Let somebody else find it. I love quarantine life. It's so great. You're like, hey, you know what I want? This is what I want. You find it. Bring it to me. How about that? Exactly. Just make sure you tip your delivery driver. Yeah. You know, MVPs and all this. Yeah. Throw throw them a a few bones and they're fine. (laughs) Hey, how are you doing? Are you you able to uh, escape cabin fever? I, I have been uh, a little bit, so I've been lucky to have my dog, uh, Tate, with me. Uh, we go on walks to Overton Park and out to Shelby Farms sometimes, just kind of get some fresh air out there. Um, my roommate and I, we've been doing some at-home driveway workouts and uh, circuits. We've done ladders. We've done weights. Uh, we'll do one person um stays on the weights the other person does a run around the block or bike around two blocks um so we've been we've been having um some good workout sessions that way as well look at you i and i thought i was beating the system by by my uh my little trick is to rearrange the furniture in my house and then when it gets dark out you turn all the lights off and try to find your way around it's so great you want to talk about a workout that is hilarious. No, I, I mean, I did it with the bedroom, and I tried to pee out the window the other night. It was great. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm not even lying. <laughs> I, I took I took the turn where the bed used to be, and I was the window, and I was like, "Whoa, this is not the right spot." <laughs> <laughs> it's little things in life. <laughs> oh. I wish I was kidding too. I'm not. <laughs> not even oh. a little bit. <laughs> Maybe it was after a few pints in the My Three Subs. Uh. <laughs> oh, look at that. She's working the My Three Subs swag today. I love it. Oh, mm-hmm. that's, great. that's great. I've noticed that beer stays just a little bit colder. That much. In those glasses. That much. A bit. Well, uh, anything else we need to touch on today, uh, Brody? I've, I think I've exhausted it all, and uh, I'm ready to get I'm hungry. <laughs> we started talking it about food. Time. I know. We started we talking about food. <laughs> Let's just do a Zoom call with Uber Eats and see if they'll just deliver to all three. We'll just have like a family style pass around on Zoom. <laughs> Perfect. You know, I know a lot of people who, who you know, they, they call their significant others. And because of the quarantine life, they actually are dating and they're having like Zoom dates where they'll have dinner together via Zoom. And it's sad, I know, but still, it. I mean, you got to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, before we go, we want to wish you happy birthday. We know your birthday is coming up right after Cinco de Mayo. So unlimited chips and salsa for you. Yes. Uh, on the house. Thank you. And by the way, congratulations on having the discipline uh, to work out on your own. That yes. is just tough for anyone to do. I'm glad you have an accountability partner. You're, you're going to come back probably in better shape than, than some of the league, I bet. Well, we hope so. <laughs> Way better Not than for me. The team, though. Not for the team, but I'm talking about, you know, some of the, uh, uh, you know, the rest of the uh, league, because uh, from what I've seen driving around, the players are getting their workouts in. They seem to be pretty faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been they've been great. Uh, I know that they've stayed focused on uh, getting back to it. And I know they're getting antsy to get back on that pitch. And yeah. so am I. And so are the rest of the coaches. 
I wouldn't mind one of those nutrition pages, though. Like one of those recipe pages. Man, I'm I'm so intrigued about that. I'll have Alexis send you an email. Maybe if you know if we need to black some names out or any kind of emails and stuff like that, we we would love to have that. And you know, with the blessing, maybe maybe share one of those again without names or anything like that. Just you know, we're not going to have a my three subs cookbook, but we could have a my three subs. You know page snack book recipe it's a snack book the snack book yeah (laughs) a healthy snack book yeah something like that Angie, it's been a pleasure. We can't wait to see you back out on the pitch really, really soon. We're going to invest in a boom mic so that yeah. when practices come back, that you know we can still practice our media uh, socially responsible. But in the meantime, please be well, and we can't wait to see you back out there on the training ground and, and in the matches for real. And thank you for sharing some of your time, some of your day. I know you could be doing other things, but thanks for hanging out with us. And again, we wish you a very happy birthday and glad that you're finally old enough to vote. Thank you so much, you guys. And I do really appreciate taking the time uh, to talk with y'all. And I loved your virtual podcast episode of the Memphis 901 FC versus Las Vegas Lights. Oh, you heard about that. The lights shine brighter always in Memphis. Uh, They they do. You know, I, I heard that there was not one but two references of your name. They were dropped in there, which is great. But thank you. <laughs> yes. And I think the equipment guy, who's the equipment guy for the team? Kevin Jacobs. Yeah. Kevin's because I think you got a guys, shout out. Yeah. Cause you guys were looking for a goalie Jersey. We can't say why, but we know. Nope. That, yeah. you know, you know. <laughs> we found it. That's all. By the way, do you all keep one on the bench just in case the keeper gets tossed? Yeah. We have a, we have a blood kit that's got extra jerseys in it. A blood kit. A blood All kit. Right. I know. Now now I'm super intrigued about a blood kit. Jeez. It's hardcore in soccer land. Blood kits. <laughs> Always be prepared. Always be prepared. My three subs. We'll be back. More next on My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. Hey everyone, this is Tim. While soccer is my passion, real estate is my business. I'm licensed in the state of Mississippi and Tennessee with Cry Like Realtors. My phone number is 901-756-8900 at the office, or you can call my cell at 901-262-5000. Whether you're looking to buy or sell, I can help you with either, and I'm happy to do so even in these difficult times. We're deemed essential, and we can help you make your move. I have a couple of properties available right now, condo in Midtown at 1960 North Parkway with the monthly fees that are included in that. You get everything except cable, but hey, everybody's streaming off the internet now, so do you really need the cable anyway? And I've also got a beautiful 5,100 square foot home at 1850 Overton Park. It's just a short stroll from the Memphis Zoo, and you guessed it, Overton Park. Give me a call at 901-756-8900 at the Cry Like Realtors office or on my cell at 901 262 5,000. And you can check out these properties and find pretty much anything you're looking for at timvanhorn.com. timvanhorn.com. If you're looking to list your house, I can help you get the best price for it and help you make your move. That's at timvanhorn.com. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. And we have added time to the podcast. So it looks like the top story regarding the U.S. women's national team this week, and it has to do with the judges ruling late last week regarding equal pay. We knew that sometime in June, because of the COVID-19 crisis, that there was at least going to be some sort of judicial hearing or a trial regarding U.S. women's national team against the U.S. Soccer Federation regarding equal pay. Right. Well, the U.S. Soccer Federation actually won a couple of decisions early on and it had a lot to do with the collective bargaining agreement that the u.s women's national team got just i think about three and a half years ago brody yeah this boy it's getting complicated the decision came weeks before the 
other trial was even supposed to go down, right? And the, basically the, the reason that they gave or the judge gave uh, that basically throughout the case or he's trying to is saying that – well, the women actually made more because of how far they went in the tournament and everything like that. And I, boy, it's confusing and it's muddy and dirty. And uh, I wish we were done with this, really. You know, the elevator speech on it is the U.S. Women's National Team uh, launched a gender discrimination lawsuit. The 28 players who are part of the suit are alleging that the U.S. Soccer Federation engages in what they call institutionalized gender discrimination toward the women's team. Right. And they say that has caused or contributed to and perpetuated gender-based pay disparities. And it has gotten ugly. Well, I mean, and and you remember last year, Carlos Cordero, who hasn't really warmed up the seat as the uh, president of the U.S. Soccer Federation, he stepped down after releasing an open letter that was highly critical of yeah. the U.S. Women's National The girls were very weren't as good. <laughs> the girls weren't as talented or something like that. It was something absolutely asinine. It, it, well, it was wrong and it was hurtful and it was, it was, it was tasteless. So yeah. the women in this are they're looking for back pay of at least $66 million in addition to punitive damage. Right. And the Soccer Federation asked the court to dismiss the lawsuit, quote, based on the actual facts in the record and the governing law. Well, the U.S. Soccer Federation got a couple of rulings in their favor early on, and it has to do with the per match pay and the U.S. Soccer Federation brought out some calculations saying that the women's national team got paid more per game than the men. men. Right. And it was like 34.1 mil that the women were paid. And then the, the men were paid somewhere in the ballpark of 26.4 mil uh, per game. And and, in that same time period too, uh, the representatives for the U.S. Women's National Team, they say that the, those claims are, are completely and, quote, utterly false. So, I, it, again, it's still muddy. It's still dirty. And it's still, I, I don't see an end in sight. And there are some differences when it comes to the pay for men versus women in World Cup appearances and World right. Cup victories and against top 25. There are some discrepancies there. Um But again, it goes back to the collective bargaining agreement is what it sounds like to me on what this judge is is based upon. Right. Uh, According to the collective bargaining agreement, the union gets $1.50 for every ticket sold. And that is put in a pool and distributed amongst the players. Now, there's no mention in the men's collective bargaining agreement about television viewership. The women's, that was the men, on the women's side, uh, they get $1.50 per ticket played Plus seven point five percent of every ticket sold above seventeen thousand, hmm. and part of their complaint was also that they were forced to play more games on artificial surfaces. Oh, yeah. Uh, among uh, other complaints as well, and also in regards to the pay, the judge brought out some points regarding that the U.S. Soccer Federation also uh, stated that in that collective bargaining agreement rather than looking for perhaps incremental pay increases the U.S. women's national team wanted more on their roster making above a certain minimum threshold level so in exchange for going for that per match they went for a handful of more players to be making more of an elite level of money right yeah and it's just oof. To me, what it sounds like is that the collective bargaining agreement has gotten in the way of equal pay claims for the U.S. women's national team. I'm not here to say that it's right or that it's wrong, but just from a layman's perspective, looking from the outside in, it sounds like the collective bargaining agreement that they cut in 2016, 2017 hurt their case. Yeah, and and I don't know who you then blame on that. Do you blame the union? Do you blame, I don't know, boy, do you blame the lawyers you know, going back and looking at it? It's just like I said, very messy and very complicated and just dirty and uh, it's not going to get any better anytime soon, I don't think. And that's unfortunate. 
It's very unfortunate. We're going to move on to some other things, though. Let's talk about the English Premier League. They still have high hopes of finishing the season. This week, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is supposed to address the nation regarding some conditions on easing the national lockdown. They're still in a more restrictive situation than most of the United States. In fact, here near the Center Circle studio, we're just now into phase one of the back-to-business plan where restaurants can open with limited capacity and and some other businesses can begin to open as well. But the Premier League has now been courted by Australia. There are some venues in Australia that say, (laughs) come on down, you can play your games behind closed doors here in Australia. You'll be just fine. Right. And nobody has poo-pooed that. (laughs) Right off the bat. That's the strange thing. Well, I mean, really, it was a British colony. So, I mean, do they technically still own it? Like, if they really wanted to pull the strings? Like, I don't know where, where you know, because I'm just not Australian and I don't follow it all that often. So there, there's got to be some kind of clause in there that the British kind of left in that were like, hey, you know what? If we ever want to come back, we can do that, right? Um, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> They're probably independent, but. There's hundreds of millions of pounds at stake for the Premier League to finish these matches so I think come hell or high water they want to do it some way somehow of course there have been pitches for playing matches in neutral cities right like put two teams like put the Liverpool Derby in maybe Manchester or put it you know in Newcastle something like that and put it behind closed doors they've pitched that the English Football League is suggesting which is the the divisions the two three and four beneath suggesting that they've got to get some matches going as well and if they do some of the safety measures will include temperature checks at least twice a day on the players maybe playing those behind closed doors as well but I know the gate revenue is so much more important for divisions below yeah so yeah most you know is there a temptation for social distancing you know i don't know if the british government you know if parliament would allow that but it's just still a very very complicated mess but australia says good day hey and come on down we'll, we'll put uh you know one of the liam or chris hemsworth we'll put one of the brothers like i don't know at door at the door you know well that might you know kind of divert some people from going in you know you you could do that or i don't know arm the doors instead of like having the uh security guards in australia you could put like one of the animals because all the animals there try to kill you so you know keep people out (laughs) premier league is uh making it interesting for sure and by the way there's even more drama in the premier league because newcastle united it looks like they're they're getting bought out and if the new owners do want mauricio pochettino if they want to hire him in the month of May, according to a contract release clause with Spurs, Pochettino, uh, his hire would cause Newcastle to owe Spurs 12 and a half million pounds. Now, the flip side of that is if they hire him on or after June 1st, there's no fee. Huh. Uh, interesting. So can you do a pre-contract contract? Yeah. Can, can, you, can you put something in pencil and then circle back? You know, can you, to, pre, can you pre-hire? Yeah, yeah. Can you? I don't know how that would work, though. Boy, that could be fun, though. You know, yeah. yeah it'd be interesting to see him at Newcastle too. It really you, would. You know, they're they're not that bad. They just no. had so many injuries this year. I mean, they could be. They could have been bottom half of the mid table. They, yeah. they could have very well easily have been that. But in the meantime, let's talk about near the top of the table. Kevin De Bruyne, the assist king of the Premier League, says that if Manchester City's two-year ban from the Champions League is upheld, he believes in his clause he has the right to simply walk away from Manchester United and find greener pastures. Could you imagine that? I mean, okay, so I this is going to sound like, okay, the, the sky is falling, chicken little, but doesn't it feel like a little bit of Sunderland happening? In the next couple of years, we could, we could have a, a Manchester, you know, it, fighting for that League One spot. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels that the wheels, the, you know, proverbial wheels are falling off the cart right now, and... While it always seems the ship seems to right itself every now and then, and they seem to be fine, you know, out the other side. Lately, it just feels very rickety and very kind of on uneasy ground when it comes to a Manchester situation. 
I find it interesting that here they are in second place. Right. And they're in crisis mode. I know. I know. It's and the funny it's a bit absurd. Is, here's the, and let me throw this layer on as well. Because, it, by the way, the two-year ban would be for the uh, the financial fair play violations. Right. And I think for uh, and for having, I, bel- I don't know if it had anything to do with their youth clubs, but I know for the fi- on the financial side, uh, they're busted for that. Right. But here you are with Manchester City facing a two-year ban and they're in second place 20 some odd points behind Liverpool and the funny thing is is you have more and more voices that are crying out this season should be null and void so technically if we end the season now and go into next season it's very conceivable that Manchester City are still considered defending champions yeah you know what you're right and does this count as one of those years like yeah oh boy if the season didn't happen, then your last champion is Manchester City. Yeah. Yeah, because you have a whole bunch of coaches saying that, you know, we don't want to just give it to Liverpool. Like, that. that's silly. Um, I, oh, my gosh. What do you... Yeah, I'm, I'm a yeah. fan of this. Like, this, this, is, this drama is fun to me. It's crazy because Liverpool has far and away been the best team and they're oh, just a, yeah. a handful of points away from clinching. And that's all they want to do is get out there and clinch, Yeah, which is going to be a no-brainer for them. And I find it <laughs> and they could, so odd yeah. that, that, that there are enough voices that may convince the powers that be to say, no, you're not champion, although you have had maybe just about the best season in the history of this division. <laughs> and they would just kind of lose it. It would be over. Oh. It's it's so it's so crazy. I I wish they would strongly consider points per match averages. Yeah, and just let this season just end as it is if they can't get the match going and just determine it that way. I've also heard pitches where there would be promotions in all of the divisions, but no relegations, which would mean you would have extra teams for a season, but then yeah. you would cut those down with like six relegations the following season. I've heard so many permutations from the norm that I think if we were to go into too much detail, we would just be going down wormholes that we have no business yeah. going down. So Liverpool may or may not be champions, although they're far and away the best. Now, speaking of Liverpool, they are the defending champions league champions but the season before remember they got off to a good start and then had a calamity yeah they just died well and because you had the ball that was rolled out and given away by their goalkeeper and then the blunder that the goalkeeper had later in the match which sealed the deal and sealed their fate Loris Karius he was immediately after after that, they tried to hang on to him and see if he could kind of recover. But I think the writing was on the wall. They loaned him out to Besiktas, and now he has terminated his loan deal with Besiktas, and he is heading back to Liverpool. What? Is there a controversy? I, I, I don't think so. I think Allison has been worth the 100 million pounds and then some in goal. Yeah, but why Liverpool. would they make a deal like that? You know, if, if, if they... If they didn't want a controversy, why even give the appearance of such? I don't think that there is one. I think I think I, I kind of said that tongue in cheek with him coming back. I don't think he's the same as he was in Allison or you can call him Allison Becker or his name. He is in he's in rare air right now. I mean, he's on the current Rushmore of top goalkeepers in sure. the world. Yeah. And there is no competition for him right now. And really, other than one bad match, his backup, Adrian San Miguel, has been a capable backup yeah. for, for Liverpool. So at best case scenario, Karius comes back in the three spot if they're even looking at putting a, a shirt on him ever again. Right. Or, or, or maybe it's that he's looking at getting out and, hey, I want to, quote unquote, retire as, uh, you know, where my career started kind of thing. Just sentimental kind of thing. I don't know. It just feels weird that why would you do that? You know, do it on the on the DL if you're going to do that. Speaking of shirt not on, Ronaldo. Hey! Talk about Ronaldo. (laughs) Why not? Uh, He's set to arrive in Turin. He should already be there by the time this podcast gets distributed. Uh, He is back in Italy as uh, he's preparing to get settled in, and the nation is allowing players to begin training 
on Monday, May the 18th. So that's just around the corner. When they'll start with matches, we don't know for sure if they're even going to allow that to happen. And then, of course, today... Wait, wait. I got a bone to pick with Ronaldo real quick, though. Like, how dare you, man? He he basically put everybody on blast. He does this every year for Mother's Day, and he gave his mom an early Mother's Day present. This present, though, is an all-out Mercedes-Benz uh, another one, by the way. She's got like three. Uh, this one's like the brand new stellar black Mercedes Benz. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, pal. Yeah, thanks, Ronaldo. You we're, ruined it for the rest of us. We're on lockdown and having to. Uh, and of course, as we release this today is Cinco de Mayo. And Olay. what would it be without unlimited chips and salsa? Um, yeah. Yum! You 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 got yours. You're finally delivered. I guess DoorDash was DoorDash. A little late. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about Liga Emeki just briefly. Of yes. course, they're wanting to get back, just like the rest of the world is. We're waiting for MLS. We're waiting for USL to open some training and to get some matches. Liga Emeki in the same boat. Uh, however, we do know for a fact, and they announced this recently, that they're going to suspend promotion and relegation for five years you think that's taking a a hammer to a problem that really only needed a push pin yeah i mean no it's it's taking a uh, one of those um giant railroad spikes to hang up a uh you know an eight by ten picture i mean <laughs> it's it's a bit overkill uh, just a wee bit of overkill, but regardless, we can't wait till the matches get back. And we do want to thank uh, our uh, our typical sponsors. We want to thank, uh, and of course, we want to thank the Brass Door for the good news of letting us know that coming June 2nd, the Brass Door will throw its door back yes. wide open with the theory that... Seamus is essentially waiting for the area businesses around to repopulate the offices because really that's his clientele during right. the week. And it makes sense. And I hear a little birdie tells me that the brass door is going to have some refurbishment on the inside, Ooh. some upgrades, and it's going to be better than it's ever been, which is hard to believe because it's already pretty damn awesome. Yeah, no joke. What do they do? Like gold plate the toilet? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. how do you make that better? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And then, of course, our friend Don DeWeese, the former professional referee in NASL and MISL, uh, Gibson's Donuts, world famous Gibson's Donuts, which we've seen on Travel Channel and, and other channels, Food Network, as being one of the places that you got to stop in the U.S. It is. They're going to open up to the public in another couple of weeks. But I will say this, Brody, I want to I want to brag uh, on how great this city is and, and how great Gibson's Donut is. Uh, they've been uh, producing hundreds of dozens of donuts for the folks that are working on the front line yeah. during this crisis. And one of the other local chefs who has access and knows all the protocols on delivering these food items has been picking those up and delivering on behalf of Gibson's Donuts, uh, yeah. Kelly English in town. So we want to send out just a huge thank you to everybody that's been chipping in during the process. And, and we're just very thankful uh, to be living in a city where, where people step up their game. Absolutely. And it's just great, the camaraderie that you see, uh, social distanced uh, camaraderie that you see in the city it's it's really really fantastic most people are are doing a really great job of of maintaining that level of respect and uh we'll say cleanliness in between the people you know you, each other so it's just fantastic to see that that level of uh just camaraderie that that memphian show day in and day out Totally. We want to thank Angie Zukowski for being our guest. Fantastic yes. as always. We love her. She's a friend of the show. And we want to thank Memphis 901 FC for uh, their continued allowing us to talk to some of their uh, terrific folks over there. And they hire great people. And we're just really Absolutely. proud to be able to bring those to, to even further public light. Don't forget this uh, Sunday is Mother's Day here in the U.S. So, uh, Brody, make sure you don't socially distance yourself from your wife on Sunday, if you know what I mean. I was trying. I mean, yeah, I was like gearing up the mass. I was like, hey, did you see that new order? And whatever. Anyway, uh, we're, we're trying to macrame something <laughs> in the house <laughs> for the kids. So, you know, getting that whole together. It's All right. Yeah. All right. Catch us uh, social media wise at My Three Subs Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook, My Three Subs Soccer Pod on Instagram, and My Three Subs Podcast at gmail.com. And for Brody Scott, I'm Tim Van Horn. Have a terrific rest of your week. We'll catch you uh, next time around on My Three Subs. 
blows the whistle. Thank you for listening. Check out more of my three subs podcast, A Soccer Odyssey.